0: would work that situation for good for your glory father we thank you for it we pray that you would bless our time lord as we look into your word god oh father let us have ears to hear god what you would speak to us tonight and father we thank you for it in jesus name amen good evening you have your bibles if you go to galatians chapter 5 we want to continue on our Wednesday night Bible study. We began last week, a new series on the fruit of the Spirit. On the fruit of the Spirit, we want to, we want to dig in. The fruit of the Spirit, the, the characteristics the Holy Spirit desires to produce in the life of the believer. The attributes, the traits, the expressions, the virtues of that new nature. If someone is truly born again and there's a new nature and a new creation... There ought to be a new fruit, amen? There ought to be a new character. There ought to be something new that's flowing and that's being produced. And For a lot of times, we've uh, marked Christians by a lot of different things, a lot of outward things, but this is the fruit by which we'll know who really has Christ in them or not. So again, um, Galatians 5, and let's start out with verse 22, Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such there is no law. Again, the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, we said we'll get born again and we have that old nature in us. But now we've got a new nature in us. And we read previously in Galatians how they're in conflict with one another. And Paul gave us some of the deeds of the flesh. And in your devotional time, you can read those deeds of the flesh. Because those are the things God wants us to deny and to defeat and to crucify and to starve in our lives. Not to justify or certainly not to stimulate or certainly not to express. Those are things of the old nature where Paul says, if that's your habit, you might not even really be saved. If that's your habitual lifestyle. Amen. So um, we want to overcome those things. And one of the greatest ways to overcome the old is to produce the new. As you starve the old and crucify and deny the old, and you grow in the spirit, these characteristics become stronger in your life, and you'll see some wonderful things. The first one, of course, is love, and that's where we started last time. Love, and this is the love of the will, the choosing to love. This is the type of will, the agape, the choice of my will on how I will treat you. This is has nothing to do with. It's not an emotional affection. It's not a physical attraction, not even a family bond. But this is the love of the will that leads to um, self-giving and self-sacrifice and self-service. Again, I'm choosing to love. This is the divine love. This um, Greek word agape, it's, it's connected with God because it describes God. This divine love, we said last time, the divine love is an unmerited love. Bible says in Romans 5 and 8, while we were still sinners, He died for us. When you and I had nothing, we were not worthy of it, yet He chose to love us. Amen? And we were sinners. We were rebellious. But yet God made a choice to love us and to die for us. It's unmerited love, but it's a great love. It's a great love. And we saw that in Ephesians 2 where Paul lists how we were before we got saved. How we were objects of wrath, the Bible says. We were dead in sins, but God, who has great love and who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ Jesus. Amen? Here I was. I should have been condemned. I should have been rejected, but God chose. Because His love is so great He overlooked all my sin and all my darkness and He chose chose to love me and sent his son to make a way for me to be reconciled because I could never do it on my own. The love of God is unmerited. It's great. It's transforming. Romans five and five. Remember that one? The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. And when you truly get born again, you are changed. You should be changed. If you're not changed, maybe you're just religious and not really saved. But when the spirit of God comes in a person, the Bible says his love comes in us. And if I have his love, then it's just up to my will to use that love. <sighs> One of the biggest things you fight when you get saved, especially when you get saved older in life, the only love you knew is a selfish love. Very selfish. Even things you did for your kid, selfish. But when you get born again, and the love of God comes, we love the unlovely. We, we love those that talk bad against us. We, we love those that persecute us. That's what Jesus did, didn't he? That's the love of God God calls us to. That's the love of God of the Spirit. So you've got to walk in the Spirit to walk in this love. You can't work this up. So you can measure. I can measure your dress. And I can measure your hair. And I can get all that. But boy, you can't walk in this love unless you're full of the Holy Ghost. You see, the flesh and the religion, they can do all that stuff. But you are going to walk in the love of God. You've got to walk in the Spirit of God. Ain't that right? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is something else here. It's a transforming love. Changes the person. Makes us see life differently. It's an unchangeable love. It's a loyal love. The Bible says nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, what a loyal love. Amen? Nothing can separate us. We can go through it, but the love of God will be there. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, the loyalty of God's love. You can count and depend on the love of God. And God says, that's how I want you to love. With that same kind of loyalty and consistency. Oh, folks, I was like, I said this before, you know, we we look at some of these things as being wimpy. That's because we've never studied them. When you begin to study the fruit of the Spirit, you recognize that we're not as holy as we thought we were. We're not as spiritual. In fact, I can go to the deeds of the flesh and I can see a whole lot more in some people than I can see. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Isn't that right? Isn't that true? I mean churches don't split by the fruit of the spirit. They split when everyone's walking in the flesh, the deeds of the flesh. Factions and envy and fighting and selfishness. But but love is a selfless thing. We read that last time. Love is kind. Love is wow. Oh the love. So now we begin. The love. There's four thoughts, and we'll try to cover at least two tonight. Love is a primary, the primary virtue. And love is the primary commandment. Love is number one. He starts out with love. Because remember, God is love, and if we're born of God, man, there ought to be some love, isn't that right? Remember, the apple don't fall far from the tree, isn't that true? So if you got God, if you're born of God, you should be full of the love of God. Does just make sense? That makes sense, isn't that right? Okay. So I start out the primary virtue. The primary virtue, love is the first form of the fruit, and is primary to the Christian faith. Love. Love. It occupies a place of importance which it shares with nothing else. The supreme virtue of Christian living is love. In fact, Paul in Galatians 5, Paul had just a few verses before Galatians 5 and 14. We're going to look at that. Jesus wrote that the whole law is actually fulfilled in one word. One single command. You should love your neighbor as yourself. Look what Paul wrote. And this is right before the fruit of the Spirit. He says the entire law. If you walk in love, you're not going to lie about your brother. If you walk in love, you're not going to walk out on your wife. Walk in love is love doesn't do harm. Oh, man. The entire law summed up in the single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's the primary virtue. The primary virtue. Go ahead, if you would, to 1 Corinthians 13 and 13. This great love chapter. In the midst of the gifts, Paul has to call a timeout And say, so, you know, you Corinthians, don't fall behind on any, um, any gift. You, you, run the, you run the Jericho march more than anyone. You fall out more than anyone. Amen? Isn't that right? They were Pentecostal, weren't they? They were old school Pentecost, weren't they? I mean, come on. Right? They, they had gifts. They had gifts that were so out of whack. Paul had to bring them down and teach them how to get them in order. They were so out of whack. Isn't that right? But in the middle of First of Corinthians 12 and 14, right there in 13, he says, hold on, hold on, hold on. i got to talk about love. Because if you have faith to move mountains, but you don't have love. ooh. If you have an anointing that you can preach and keep people at the edge of their seats, spellbound, but you don't have love. And you know, even if you give, philanthropy won't get you to heaven, will it? You can be a billionaire, but a, <laughs> but you're not going if you don't know Jesus. Isn't that right? You could give millions, even if you give, but have not love. Paul writes this in First Corinthians 13 and 13. And now these three remain, Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is yeah, the primary virtue. The greatest of these is love because God is love. He's communicated His love to us through His Son. He commands us to love one another. Love supersedes the gifts because it outlasts the gifts. The big day we don't need the gifts, isn't that right? In heaven you won't need the gifts, but you'll always need love. It'll govern the kingdom. Because God is love. Oh yeah. Let me go on here. Love supersedes the gifts because it outlasts them all. Long after these sought after gifts are no longer necessary, love will still be the governing principle that controls all that God and His redeemed people are and do. Isn't that right? We won't need to be prophesying in heaven, but we still need to walk in love. That's the rule. That's the rule of the kingdom. That's the rule of the kingdom. Oh, yeah. If God deems this the greatest, how should you and I look at it? Oh, my, 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 my. Go to Colossians 3 and verse 12. Colossians 3 and verse 12. The importance with love. The importance in love. You see, if, if you have love, it's you get your love right. It's so much easier to get your patience right. If you'll get your love right, you can get your forgiveness right. People struggle with forgiveness because they don't have love. It's hard to forgive someone if you don't love someone. We're going to see here in Colossians where Paul says, when when you have all these wonderful attributes, but it's love that's the glue that keeps them all together. Amen. Colossians, that third chapter and look at, yeah, we'll start with verse, with verse 12. I want you to see this. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves or put on compassion. We should be marked by compassion. Kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. These are all attributes that the Christian should have. Amen. Verse 13. Bear with each other. That means put up with one another. You better have some love. You're going to put up with some people. Amen. <laughs> I'm just saying. Some people are, are easier to put up with than others. And some you just need to, oh, God, I need some love. Amen. All right. Bear, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance. Man, those words like whatever. I like when it applies to me. I'm not crazy when it applies to you. Amen. I love it when I I get the whatever, I'm forgiven. But if I gotta forgive someone else, that's, it's a different story. But uh, forgive whatever grievance you may have. Lord, you didn't hear what they said. You didn't hear how they said it. Whatever covers. Oh man. I'm stuck, right? I got no choice. But I gotta love and I gotta, here we go. Bear with each other. Forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Completely? Isn't that right? Yeah. Sincerely, freely? I'm glad I'd have to pay for it. I'd still be paying. I'd be making payments for the millennium. You kidding me? But now watch, watch this, watch this, verse 14. And over all these virtues, these wonderful virtues we just read about, put on love which binds them, which glues them, which ties them all together in perfect unity. Think about that. Wow. Love it. You see, without love, it is hard to bear up with some people. Without, I mean, some people just rub you the wrong way. Some personality, but, but love. Isn't that right? I'm talking in the church, how much harder when you're out there in the world and they're just, you know, they're whacked. But God says, love them. Like I loved you when you were lost. Put up with them. Endure like I endured you. Wow. Love helps us to bear put up with one another. Love helps us to forgive. L- love help You find you find me someone you really love and you're a whole lot more patient with them. You're more patient with your kids than you are someone else's kids. Isn't that true? If someone else's kids, you're ready to hang them, it's your kids. Well, you know, they didn't mean it, they really sweet and blah, blah blah blah. Come on. Say amen. My grandmother used always tell mom, "Now listen, I got three of my own that I got to pray in, so I'm just going to hush up about everyone else's kids and take care of my own. Then after they get, they all got kids, so I got a whole bunch of grandkids. I got to pray them all in, and hush about, hush up about everyone else's. They're not my. I got to pray them in. Isn't that right? Isn't it amazing when someone else does? Ah, but it's yours. All oh, any cute. Yours is cute when they were squirming underneath. The other one, I I, look, I put him on the Earth? I mean, come on. Because when I have love, it's so much easier to be patient. When I have love, it's so much easier to put up. Isn't that right? I mean, I know you wouldn't have it. If you come from an Italian family, you've got some grumpy people in your family. Man, they're cranky and they're grumpy. I'm just telling you, it's the way it is. Right? They're loud. They're confronted. They're loud. But when you're one of them, and you just, you know, they're family, and you just belong to them, you just kind of love them, and you put up, and no one else would. Yeah, I mean, you're shaking your head. I mean, you know, people in the store just go the other way. And you're just, well, oh, here we go again. It's just, I'm just saying, when you really love, man, I can be patient with you. When I love you, it's so much easier to forgive you. So much easier to be gentle with you when I love you. If I don't love you, I Don't love you. See, and so sometimes when I'm trying to walk in all these virtues towards others and I haven't really settled the love issue, I struggle. I got to settle in my heart. I'm going to walk in love towards my sister. And if I can do that, I can be patient. If I do that, I can be forgiving. If I don't settle the love issue, I'm just going to be patient. Well, trying to be patient without having love to fuel my patience, it won't last. Isn't that right? Trying to forgive, and if I don't have love energizing that forgiveness, I might say it, but it's not really genuine. Isn't that true? And that's why I see what Paul says. He says, "So love is what binds it all together. Love is the glue." How I say, um, um, keeping with the illustration of putting on clothes, Paul saying, "Love is the belt that pulls and keeps all this together." It's the glue that produces the unity of these virtues to flow. Without love, all the others won't keep. Again, it's hard to practice the other virtues if I haven't settled the love issue. But if I've settled the love issue, then again, I can have compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Oh, here it is. Love is the primary virtue. God is love. If we're born of God, we walk in love. The greatest of these is love. Primary virtue, the priority commandment. Now our second thought, the priority commandment. If you would, go to go to Ephesians 5 and look at verses 1 and 2. Ephesians 5 and verses 1 and 2. We've touched on the primary virtue. Now let's spend a little time. The priority commandment. The priority commandment. This is the chief commandment. That God has given us. The Old Testament, New Testament. Amen? And it's a good thing. Listen, it's a good thing that love, this love is an act of my will because God just commanded it. He commanded it. I have to will it. I have to. I can do it. Didn't say I have to feel it. I've loved a lot of people. I didn't feel love. A lot of times the love comes afterwards. But if you're waiting for the feeling of love, you'll never get to the real love. God loved me when I was a despicable sinner, running from him, avoiding him, and doing everything else, but he chose to love me in spite of me, not because of. Now I'm sweet and wonderful, and you can see why he loves me now, and that right. You can see I mean now, now it's not hard, but back then it was God had to choose to love me. I gotta make that choice to walk in this love. But it's a good thing it is a thing of the will because God commands it. Can you imagine someone commanding you to have a feeling? Oh, it's kind of hard, isn't it? Because feelings are feelings. Hallelujah. Look at this. Ephesians 5. Ready? Verses 1 and 2. The priority commandment. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love. Walk in love. Just as Christ loved us. And gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Here's his command be imitators of God. And walk in love. Live a life of love. Notice what it says here, just as. Live a life of love, just as Christ loved us. Boy, that's setting the bar up pretty high, isn't it? (laughs) That's why we need the Spirit. So it's called the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Not my spirit. My human spirit can't do this. This has got to be out of that new nature. This has to be a product of the new nature. The old nature can't walk in this. I mean, that old nature can love my brother. That old nature can certainly love my children, can love my wife. Ain't not going to love someone that's not nice to me, I'll tell you that. Isn't that right? I mean, it's not going to love a lot of people. <laughs> that old nature don't work that way. That old nature is selfish. But that new nature... Birth of God, Spirit of God, the seed of God. That new nature it makes me a son of God. I can walk like God and feel like God and talk like God. That's what the whole about being born again, right? The old is past. Behold, all things are new. Interesting thought. You and I as Christians have no greater calling than to imitate our Lord. Everybody looking for a calling. Well, here's a calling. God calls us to be imitators of Him, His dearly loved children. Isn't that wonderful? You know, there's something cool about it. you know when they're toddlers, when they're getting that age, and they start imitating their father. Isn't that right? You'll see the mannerisms, you'll see them. Isn't that true? Right? And they hang out with their dad. And they're talking like him, and they're they're saying things like him, and they're all and just like dearly loved children, imitate Him. Just like we're, just, we're the little children, imitate our heavenly Father, and walk in this love, live in this love, just as. Christ loved us. That's our measure. That's our measure. We have a great calling to imitate our Lord. And He's our example. The priority commandment. You know, one time when a lawyer asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was, Jesus answered. Let's look at Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. Matthew 22. Jesus answered, Love the Lord your God, With all your heart, your soul, and your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Wow. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. If You're going to love God and you're going to love people. You don't worry about all those other commandments because you're not going to do those things if you walk in love. You won't covet, and you won't steal, you won't lie, you won't bear false witness, you won't do all those things. If you walk in, and you walk in this love. Love was the priority commandment given to the New Testament church, as well as to the Old Testament. Look at John thirteen, John thirteen and verse thirty-four. John thirteen and verse thirty-four. This is Jesus. A new command I give you: Love one another, as I have loved you. So you must. Love one another. Now, obviously, it wasn't a new command in itself because Old Testament, God had commanded his people to love. It was, it was new in the sense that Jesus took it to a level when he said, as I have loved you. Woo. That's awesome. His love, isn't it, right? We sing about that love, don't we? We thank God for that love. We get tear in our eye thinking about God's love. It looked beyond my faults, saw my needs. Amen. That love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. He says, "Love like that." Your love should lift others, not push them down. Your love should beautify them, not tarnish them. The love of God. The love of God. It's a primary virtue. It's a priority commandment. First of all, love is a commandment. Notice this. I think there was Brother Prince that wrote this. Um, Derek Prince, the old he's along, the old Brit. The old Brit. He's with Jesus now. The old Brit. First of all, love is a commandment. It's not an option. If we do not love one another, we're disobeying the Lord. Wow, isn't that something? Like I said, but get, get the feeling out of it. That feeling oftentimes comes afterwards. But the first thing is that, that act of the will. That I'm going to respond to you in love. I know you just might have just cursed me out, but I'm going to respond to you in love. I'm going to try to see you through the eyes of the Lord. I'm going to try to treat you like God treated me when I was lost, you know. Amen? But the world don't know better. Even some that think they're saved, and you know they're lost. You know, we know that. We, we, you know, we know that. We're in Bible Belt, but we know. They're lost. They're lost. they by the fruit you know them. They're lost. Right? And so you have to have a sense of, of grace in choosing to love them. Remembering how God treated us all of our years, that we were wayward and we were. If you would, Romans, don't know, no, John 15, 12 and 13. As Jesus said in John 13, now he says it again. My command is this, love each other. Here it is. He keeps stressing that. And that's challenging. I know it's challenging the disciples. They're fussing over who's sitting on the right, who's sitting on the left. I mean, they're fussing. they're he going to Calvary, and they're fussing about who gets to sit on what hand of the throne, and who's gonna right. My command is this: love each other as I've loved you. Greater love is no one than this than he laid down his life. Most of us would never have to be a martyr, really, physically down in our lives. But you know, sometimes we can lay down our tongue, we can lay down our pride. We can lay down having the last word. We can lay down, again, pride. Pride. They hurt me, so I can't give it. That's just pride. They hurt Jesus. He kept going to Calvary. They mocked Jesus. He just picked up that cross and went on. Yeah, right. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He despised all that shame. He looked beyond that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Greater love is this. There's the challenge here. The challenge of God's love forces us to be men and women of the Spirit if we're going to walk with Him. Because you can't live this life apart from a new birth and apart from the power of God's Spirit working in you. That's why it's very frustrating to try to live it without the Spirit. It's it's, it's, It's crazy to do so. It's frustrating to do so. Let's turn, if you would, Romans 13. Romans 13, and starting with verse 8. Starting with verse 8. This is the priority commandment. Not only a primary virtue, a priority commandment. This is the commandment. That God said, this is chief. And if you can walk in this, all the other things will fall into place. This is the glue. Amen? This is what affects everything else. Look up Paul writes here. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. Whew. We can never pay this off, can we? You know, we love to pay off debts, don't we? Praise God. That one's paid. Hallelujah. Pay that one off. You know, it feels good, doesn't it? Right? And you take that money and throw it on that account. Oh, every year you get closer saying, Praise God. You're right. You set that goal of getting out of debt. God says, Hey, there's one debt you can never, ever, ever completely pay. It's the debt of love. The debt of love. Keep loving. Keep loving. But I loved them yesterday. Love them again today. Remember old Peter? How many times did I forgive them? They're really getting to the point. Can I blast them yet? Come on. After seven times, can I give them a piece of my mind? After seven times, can I bring out my rebuke bazooka? Peter said, oh, Peter. Oh, Peter. Jesus oh, Peter. Amen? And the rest of us say, thank you, Peter. Thank you, Peter. we thinking the same thing. Glad you asked it. Amen? We used to make fun of those pains in school that raised their hand. All right, We all want to get going. What are you raising your hand for? Every now and again, they asked a question. We actually were glad they asked. And we kind of said, well, I was too cool to raise my hand. I'm glad someone did. I'm glad the nerd did. Amen? That's how I need it. Because I wasn't too sure about that. And there's a lot of things that Peter did. And we all, oh, poor Peter. but Thank you, Peter. Amen? Because if you didn't make that mess, I would have. So I'm glad that you beat me to it. Let no debt remain outstanding except... The continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments, do not commit adultery, don't murder, do not steal, do not covet. And whatever other commandments there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of. Of the law. It's the priority commandment. A debt we can never fully pay. No matter how much one is loved, he is under obligation to keep on loving. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Quickly, I'm going to finish up this, this point here. Because it's commanded, this is a priority commandment, because it's commanded, it's an act of our will and it's an action, not just words. Very quickly, First John 3 and 18. This is a practical thing, a practical thing. I won't spend a lot of time. We could go above it and beneath it, but I just want to give you the one little verse here. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and truth and deeds. In the context, hey, you know, if, if, if your brother needs help, you don't just, I love your brother. God bless you. <laughs> Get out! Help the man! Help him put that thing in his truck. Amen. All right, he's breaking his back there, ready to pass out. 100 degrees. Help him! Help the brother! Isn't that right? You see a brother? They're going without. Well, God's been blessing you. Go bless them! Help them out! Give them some groceries for a week or so. You know, when you see a situation, Isn't that right? And you can help. So God bring a brother. Remember, He didn't just say, "I love you." He didn't stand in heaven. "I love you." I really, really love you. You too. He sent his son. That was a costly love. Isn't that right? It was practical when they nail him those hands. That's about as practical as it gets. Isn't that true? He didn't say, I love you. write It's us a beautiful poem. He said, I love you. And he went to a cross, took my guilt and my shame. Isn't that right? And they smacked him and beat him. And he didn't get pride. He said, well, you can't do that to me. No one does that to me. He just kept loving. Isn't that right? there's a practical aspect of it. And you now we're not going to die on a cross, but you know, sometimes I've got to die on my own, you know, my own desires and my own ambitions. And again, my own pride. To, to give. To forgive. To sacrifice. Well, I'd rather be doing this, but this needs to be done. Love does it, you see. And so again, remember the practical side of it. And one last thing, our last verse tonight. And this is a love that as we walk with God, We want all these attributes that we'll be studying in the next bunch of weeks. These are good things. Amen. These are good things. The more you can walk in gentleness, the more you can walk in patience and peace. Man, your home's going to be blessed. Your life's going to be, your blood pressure will go down. You're not blowing a gasket over everything, right? When you're walking in peace and gentleness, isn't that right? Are you with me? You read these traits. These are good things. Self-control. Do we live in a world that's out of control? People got more phobias, more bondages. It's the fruit of the, what the Holy Spirit produces in us is self-control. You're full of the Holy Ghost. Instead of all these things, you know, God made Adam and Eve to have dominion over the plants. Now we smoke in those plants and we're bound to them. Now that fall messes us up, isn't that true? We're supposed to have dominion over things. Instead, we're bound by, by the drug and by the cancerette, I mean the cigarette. We're, we're bound by all these things. Fruit of spirit, self control. You don't have to be bound by anything. Let nothing master you but the master. Hallelujah. But God wants us, but as God wants us to grow in these things. That's my point. These are good things, good attributes. These are things we should all be striving for. I think I'm a better um, father and husband when I'm gentle. I know I'm a better pastor when I'm gentle. I used to be very rough and very abrasive, very strong. And, I, you know, I grew up, you know, it's just said how we, were, you know, knocking heads was just how we did things. When I got saved, my spirit didn't want that no more. Amen? It wasn't just like turning off the switch. I had to die to that old thing. A man had to die to that thing. You know, it hurts to die. You ever, you, it hurts every single thing, die. It hurts to die. That old nature, he goes kicking and screaming, right? And the enemy knows us how to instigate it and agitate it. To really get victory over certain things. But I learned if you can walk in the fruit of the Spirit, these things bring blessing to your home. They'll be blessing to your own health. I'm telling you, your health gets better. When you're not stressed and worried, and you walk in the peace of God, isn't that right? Patience, kindness, and don't forget, whatever a person sows, he shall also. So, if you're going to get in the flesh all the time, guess what's coming back at you? Isn't that right? But when you walk in this stuff, whew, when you're sowing these seeds, whew, glory be to let's mature in this first first um, Thessalonians our last verse first Thessalonians 4 9 and 10 and this is really neat because God wants us to mature and grow in all these attributes so as we study these let's let's walk in these let's mature in these let's get stronger in these Paul says now about brotherly love we don't need to write to you for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another amen we do our best to love one another right and that's true And now God says, wherever you're at in your walk of love, pray that it increases. Pray that it matures. Pray that it gets even better. So look at that next verse. And in fact, you do love all the brothers throughout Macedonia, yet we urge you, brothers, do so more and more. Man, love, the primary virtue and the priority commandment. Next time we're going to look at the proof of sonship. In the product of God's Spirit and our will. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the fruit of the Spirit. We thank You that when You made us new creatures, when You made us sons and daughters, that Your Holy Spirit produces within us those virtues, those characteristics of Jesus. Help each one of us to grow in these areas. Help us to mature in these areas, Lord. Help us with our love. Help us to walk in Your measure of love. Remind us, and Holy Spirit, give us fresh grace to see people through the eyes of heaven and to respond to people like Jesus responded to us. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.